hello. It's that time for a new episode of the How to Love the Shit Out of Life podcast. Sally here as per usual and it's time for another guest episode of the pod. Uh, But once again, I would just like to say thank you for joining me. Thank you for supporting and listening to the podcast. If you're new, welcome. Welcome to How to Love the Shit Out of Life. I hope it is entertaining uh, and, and gives you what you need and what you're after in your podcast search. You may be listening to this episode on one of several platforms. Uh, so the podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, SoundCloud and Spotify. You can also find all the episodes at my website, www dot how to love the shit out of life.com forward slash podcast they are all there if you are new i recommend if you haven't already uh, go back and listen to a few earlier episodes um season three which we are halfway through now um i think has been amazing i mean i think season one was great season two was even better and season three just just some beautiful content (laughs) wow that was a little bit little bit wanker but that's okay um today's episode let's just get into it instead of me rambling as I said earlier it is a guest episode today and we are going to be loving the shit out of magic with Adam Axford yes magic I do believe in magic I hope that you do and I hope that if you don't that by the end of this episode you do and I think you might that's how confident I am in this episode so Adam is a magician he is a performer. Um, he is a wordsmith. He loves to speak. He does a lot of talks and things like that. He creates amazing videos uh, that I kind of refer to as like these motivational monologues. He's just a really different beast. And I loved this chat. Uh, we went really deep on a lot of things. We talked a lot about a lot of broad ideas and concepts. We spoke a lot about creativity and its power. And that's where I think this conversation will shift your mind a little bit. You know, there's a lot of preconceived ideas about magic and it's just, you know, someone does a bunch of tricks and that's about it. But what Adam talks about, it goes so much more deeper than that. And I am really excited for you to hear, you know, why he thinks magic is just really a way for creativity to emerge but also for you to use your imagination for you to get lost in things for you to just find this purity and enjoyment in something um, and opening up your mind and broadening your mind so it's a really incredible conversation Um, we had a lot of fun with it Uh, he didn't give away his magic secrets because we know that a good magician doesn't. Um, So I think, you know, without having seen his work, I would say he is a good magician because he did not share his secrets, but he does go in a little bit into the the process about preparing for his shows and I guess selecting the different things that he does in a show. So I think uh, anyone who's interested in magic or just interested in uh, broad perspectives on the world is going to love this chat. So I hope that you enjoy the latest episode of the podcast. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the How to Love the Shit Out of Life podcast. On today's episode, I will be talking about magic with magician Adam Axford. 
So while I'm not sure he'll give away his magic secrets because I think any good magician doesn't tell, but I am super keen to hear about his story and his experiences. Adam also considers himself a wordsmith and does many speaking arrangements, so we have plenty to talk about. So welcome to the podcast, Adam. Thank you for having me. Looking forward to this chat. Yeah, it should be great. And we are recording via Zoom, obviously, with the current lockdown situation. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into magic? Uh, sure. Okay. So um, as you can tell from my dashing gentleman accent, I'm from uh, England. I'm from <laughs> London. Uh, I moved here about seven years ago. I live in Redfern now. It's the closest I could find to the East London vibes. Uh, so yeah, moved over here with the goals of pursuing my passion and my passion only, uh, which uh, I could say is magic. I feel that there's more going on, but uh, that's the medium in which I sort of push myself out into the world creatively uh, for the most part. So uh, yeah, up until then, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've worked for myself. I worked with my father. He retired from the fire brigade when I was young uh, due to an injury and then kind of started his own little entrepreneurial wheeler dealer ventures. Uh, so we're always operating just on the cusp of uh, illegality and uh, <laughs> kind of lessons into understanding rules, how to break them, how to get away with it. Uh, ultimately, it led into, into a career in, uh, well, precisely that rule breaking. Um, uh, yeah, using all of those criminal skills for <laughs> good in the world so uh yeah lying cheating stealing deceiving all of those things that you don't want your kid to to become uh i kind of use those skills now to to highlight things like mental health awareness sustainability human connection technology uh positive things that we can reflect on and build upon as a community oh amazing that is like right up my alley because i'm all about turning a negative into a positive. So the fact that you, as you said, you're taking the lying, the cheating and stealing and turning it into a really positive thing. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. That is alchemy, right? That is turning lead into gold, taking a, yeah, a shitty situation and turning it into something a little more shiny. Uh, and I feel looking back throughout life, most of my successes have come from that. There's a, an energy or a, uh, uh, there's a certain property that, that that you can gain, you can acquire from taking something that is not the best and, and choosing to courageously embrace it, overcome a setback rather than just brushing it under the carpet, you know? Uh, so often that's the most difficult work to do. As Joseph Campbell said, the cave you fear holds the treasure you seek. Uh, but so often, um, yeah, I feel that that's been the remedy for, for some of the issues I've had in life, embracing them, stepping into them and making the best of it. Just like uh, embracing Zoom last year when all of the events mm -hmm. fell off the calendar. And through embracing that, I became busier than I've ever been in my career, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so you've got to step into it. Yeah, that's it. And there's always positives to any you know, negative situation. There's always a silver lining, I say. And look, I think that walks kind of well into what this podcast is all about in terms of positivity and happiness. So how does the work that you do, uh, how does magic, um, you know, bring you those things in your life? I feel uh, the weight of it is just about expressing. Uh, I'm actually off to, to film a piece today uh, on this idea that's been bouncing around in my head since I was about 17. So over half my life away, uh, we were in high school studying the ideology of anarchy. And the anarchists, they understood destruction. And the revelation was this. 
the urge to destroy is a creative urge. So disruption is just misplaced creativity. And obviously at that age, uh, I <laughs> it resonated with me deeply, right? Because uh, we're off doing all of these uh, crazy little things that teenage lads would get up to, uh, gravitating towards petty acts of vandalism, uh, damaging public property and you know amateur graffiti, stuff like this. Mm. And we weren't bad kids, but uh, looking back at it through this lens, I realize now that all of that was creative expression uh, within me, looking for an outlet, a vent. Uh, we were exploring the boundaries. We were uh, testing the legitimacy of the rules uh, as young people. And it speaks as much about uh, sort of my mind state as our immersion in urban society, uh, when this is quite a new thing for human beings who have existed in this state for 150,000 years at least. Uh, if you used to go back to that time period, we could have this same chat, right? We'd yeah. still be uh, <laughs> modern people, cultural with uh, poetry, dance, music, uh, and art. And um, yeah, except they lived in nature up until really recently. So when I kind of look back at this and realize the damaging aspects in, uh, of, of young people and or older people, whatever it is, uh, there are lots of uh, creative urges within us that we don't have an authentic outlet or vent for because we yeah. have been displaced from our natural uh, environment. And I'm all for technological advancements, like what well, time to be alive. This is incredible. Yeah, uh, but also by identifying those things and realizing that um, a lot of the self-destructive tendencies we manifest, that's just like pick up some clay, like grab the paints and mm. the pens and, and, and make something. And that's what it is. It's an urge to make, an urge to create. And often we end up creating chaos. We create an argument. We create mess. We create tears when it could be quite the opposite if we was to focus and vent and channel that. Uh, so really it's been about that, uh, finding a way to vent what's inside in a a constructive productive way mm. I think that's really timely as well given what we are experiencing at the moment you know obviously in lockdown you know everyone kind of knows the term stir crazy and and people obviously want to go out and do things and it's probably this you know as you were saying this need to create and make and we don't quite know what to do but we're having all this time where we're spending by ourselves or in our homes with our families and we have this time to create and I guess that's why you are seeing people you know, turning to different hobbies, like whether they're, you know, they're painting or drawing or whatever it is. So I think that's actually a really timely message for the listeners, a bit of inspiration. Hobbies in general, Sally, like, uh, like people, I realise a lot of people, they don't even have that. They don't have that. Uh, like uh, talking with a friend recently, he's just started uh, connecting with a, a new young lady and I asked about, about her and what her hobbies are and um, she doesn't have them. She goes yeah. to work, she comes home and she seems like well-rounded enough. But like, I just look at my own life and, and, and what I gain from hobbies. You know, obviously I've turned something like, uh, say, my magic and then ultimately poetry and speaking into yeah. an, an avenue, an income revenue source. right? Like, but also like, I have other hobbies as well. I've managed to expand in. I guess I'm just outwardly projecting. Uh, but it, it's it's so important. A friend uh, gave me this, this insight into the third the third place or the third space. And uh, they're important, uh, important for us to have a third one. So our first space could be our home. It's a mm. space we live in, we operate in, it's our little place. And, and when we're here, we, we are a certain 
type of person we are the person we are when we are at home and then maybe the second space for many people would be uh their their place of work they go to a certain place to do their job and when they are there they become another version of themselves in some way uh, the professional version that puts on nice clothes and makes sure they they look presentable and speaks in a certain way uh, but but many people don't have this third place and the third place doesn't have to be a physical venue it can be a state of mind it could be yeah. a surfboard uh, that you're losing yourself uh, into the into the waves of the ocean it could be the ground in which you run upon and meditate through that separation from reality no no, no one else in the world but you in this moment um, and for me I, I train a, a self-defense kind of combat training uh, I've started teaching that too over the past year or so and yeah. just having that extra place to go to uh, has been fundamental in, in developing myself and, uh, and having some kind of community where I'm not at work and I'm not at home, but I feel safe and accepted. Uh, so lots of people are having to contend with that now that their second place of work has been condensed into their first place. Yeah. Their, their, home, <laughs> their home becomes their living quarters. Uh, they've got to share excess time with their family or their partner uh, or just themselves as well. Spending a lot of time with yourself, that can be tough uh, for, for many of us. And um, working there also. And now what, you're going to do your gym in your lounge too and your exercise and like, yeah. We, we need these separations. So uh, hobbies are very important. Yeah, massively. I I love a hobby, so I'm all for that. And when I hear people don't have hobbies, I feel quite sad for them. Like, <laughs> I'm what like, are you what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> so on the flip side of the positivity and the happiness is, I guess, overcoming challenges and obstacles. So how would you say your line of work and I guess all these other hobbies and, you know, these different rooms, as you're saying, how do they help you when it comes to uh, dealing with any challenges in your life? I guess the, the bigger metaphor uh, for magic and illusion is uh, by highlighting an illusion, it, it shows you the illusions we place upon ourselves, what we can and can't achieve, what is and isn't possible. Uh, so I, I feel that that's the deeper context within, uh, so it's just say tricking people or showing them something which appears to not be possible. Uh, it kind of makes us question what we can be possible of if we dared to believe, if we dared mm -hmm. to dream and, and use our imagination, right? I'm reading The Little Prince at the moment, uh, obviously a classic book. I'm only about 50 pages in uh, and I can't believe I haven't read that before. It, it very much reminds me of The Alchemist, my, my favorite book. Uh, and it's just about thinking like a child again and realizing like how much of that imagination, that ability to, to conceptualize and, and exist without boundaries, you know? And then we, we get told no so often by, uh, by, by society, by whether it's parents or friends or opportunities and all of these, like all this red tape, all of this, this sort of thing that's in the way, hurdles, obstacles. Um, so I, I guess with magic, it's kind of trying to overcome that. Uh, and then the same could be said, like uh, I mentioned, uh, I do Krav Maga, this self-defense uh, combat training. And it's the same thing. It's like you're plunged into a, a terrible situation. How do you overcome that? And it's very physical in that way. Uh, so by merging these two things, I've managed to overcome the, the mental side of discomfort and setback through understanding that perhaps impossible things are, po are possible if you, if you dare to dream them up. Uh, and then the physical side of things, uh, of course, with the training, uh, so there's kind of little marriage there. And if we go into like the linguistic side of it too, uh, like the, the speaking, the poetry, 
there's this wonderful quote. Uh, it says that science describes accurately from the outside, while poetry describes accurately from within. Uh, and uh, wow. both of those things, uh, yeah, it's really that is, important. That is really true. <laughs> mm, very true. Mm. So potent stuff, really. Look, I have no answers that are definitive for everybody, but I feel that being on the quest, being on the seek, uh, that's important, seeking, seeking and uh, exploring and just realizing that, you know, there are many new things out there awaiting our discovery. Uh, and so often we get caught in habit. We get caught in the perpetual mundane of the day to day. And that's something that I refuse to accept. I may dwell in that mindset for a day or two occasionally, but it's only as a springboard before bouncing back into the, uh, yeah, into, into the chaos of potential. Ooh. The chaos of potential. I love that. <laughs> copyright. Copyright. That yeah, one. Yeah. Uh, have you, yeah, come and buy my new book, The Chaos yeah. of Potential. I read it during <laughs> lockdown. Mm. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. So as I said at the start, obviously a, a good magician, or so I've heard, a good magician does not reveal their secrets. But I would love to hear a little bit about, you know, your process, Um, you know, when it comes to preparing for your shows, you know, things such as like, how do you select what tricks that you do, all that kind of stuff. So is there anything you can, you know, share with us that won't go too far and obviously revealing, you know, too much of your, your wizardry. (laughs) I'll share, I'll share much more, um, much more important topics and ideas and some gems than just telling you how a trick is done. Uh, How a trick is done. It just creates disappointment for many because uh, when it's not your active, uh, let's just say pursuit of a a passion or hobby, if, if it's not that, then you find out and you just, oh, oh, it's done that way. And it's very easy to dismiss all of the incredible psychology and thinking, creativity, rehearsal, trial and error, constant testing that has gone into creating that illusion. And often the, uh, like Occam's razor, the simplest uh, explanation is the best one, right? Mm. So we're trying to work within that framework and to just show you, oh, this is just how it works. It's just, this is the secret. Oh, I just, whatever they say, classic trick. Ah, oh, the coin wasn't behind your ear. I was hiding it in my hand before yeah. I pretended to remove it from your ear. Oh, what a disappointment. However, so much more has gone into that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've created this uh, reality for the person, for the individual, so they experience that moment of impossibility and the delight and the glee that comes with it. So to give out the answer, uh, it would do nothing for you uh, mm-hmm. unless you are very much intrigued into the process and and, and want to see it for its brilliance in light of the secret being destroyed. Uh, but uh, what I can do, like you said, process. So uh, firstly, my favorite magicians, my most influential people in, in my uh, line of work have not been magicians. They've not been practicing magicians that perform tricks. Uh, Let's just say I've got two people who have uh, inspired me immensely. One of them is a musician and the other is a a speaker and an author. And both of them have played a vital part in the development of me as a person and me as a performer. And by taking these uh, outward, uh, uh, let's just say, taking this inspiration from outside of my field, uh, and injecting it in, I thought that's what kind of inspiration should be. And I've seen many magic shows and magic performances where the magician will talk about other magicians. There was a magician in 1903 who did this and did this. 
that's really cool if you love magic to the point of learning about magicians from 1903, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like, no, this is like a more worldly thing. And the real magic is being able to connect ideas that are greater than ourselves, that are greater than my field of interest. And if I can condense those and push them out through uh, some kind of illusion or a demonstration, then I can share the idea that perhaps I have spent far too many hours digesting and, and uh, reveling in uh, and and share it in a way that's more palatable for uh, the a the average listener, the average viewer. Uh, maybe you don't want to dive through 63 hours of lectures from a, a late philosopher, whereas I can condense the message and ideas and say like a four or five minute talk and performance, and then you maybe get the gist of it, and you've taken that 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 person's essence on board in some capacity through my work. Uh, so. That's my creative process, taking something elsewhere and uh, from elsewhere and then pushing it out through the mediums in which I can potentially excel at. We're in the remix generation, right? Everything is a yeah. remix. We're just, uh, you know, adding music to this and tweaking that, a few visual effects, memes constantly getting rewritten, reproduced, mm. uh, little changes and shifts here and there. So uh, embrace that movement. Yeah, uh, very cool. I was actually recording another episode the other day with someone who runs a gaming company and I kind of asked him a bit about, you know, the process of creating a game and, you know, because obviously when you sit down and you're playing something, you kind of don't think too much about the process that goes into it. And one of the really fascinating things was the creative process behind it, not just the technical aspects. So I'm really fascinated by that because I think there's so much thought that goes into like what you said, you know, whether it's the coin behind the ear trick, there's so much that goes into that and that's considered. So it's very fascinating. And that's the magic that it's, mm. it's not the uh, instant moment. I mean, for many, I get, I can look at this from two ways. Magic is the feeling that uh, is experienced by the audience, the spectator, but also there's a whole level of magic of that creativity, of that process, of the, the unique uh, output or input from the, the person who who's created or participated in the creation of said piece, whether it's a game or a piece of poetry or a book or a podcast. Uh, these things take a lot from the individual and, and it's that, it's bottling up a piece of yourself uh, like lightning in a bottle, trying to capture that and then deliver it outward for, for people to yeah people to take on board uh, and not everyone does that and that's the difference between say like a purist or someone who is a genuine artist uh, as opposed to a cover band right uh, someone who's just doing interpretations of other people's stuff I mean both of these things have merit uh, though I feel that to be on that seek on that quest for something that's truly unique and uh, un unbed that like unearth something brilliant from within yourself and then there to share it out there in the world whether it yeah like it's this game designer that you mentioned or whether it's myself through uh, an experimental let's say piece of magic on stage uh, it's it's bold and we need that and we need more courage from our artists uh, more courage uh, in general I think mm. <laughs> oh. that's Yes, yeah. 100 more courage, yeah. more courage, please. Do you have any favorite tricks that you do like to roll out? Is there kind of like a staple of your show that, you know, if people are going to your show, they know they're going to see something special? Uh, you know, I'm really trying to get uh, on board with this uh, being okay with repeating myself. Mm. Uh, and 
with my material there are some bits that i've been doing for like six or seven years now i don't know you get tweaked and changed i might shift the presentation a little bit uh depending on the on the booking uh, but for the most part um i've always been on a quest to find and discover new stuff so so now it's it's more about finding new frameworks to to put across the the pieces I've already uh, I want to say perfected that's a strong word but I'm already very comfortable with and obviously comfort it's great to be comfortable sure but it's also like a huge setback and limitation on the creative process so mm -hmm. if I can do uh, something new in even if it's like a new way of presenting something uh, there's a piece I do where I take two people uh, from the audience if I'm working with a company perhaps I'll get the oldest uh, uh, serving member of the team and the newest recruit and I'll bring them up on stage and I stand in the middle like a, a marriage celebrant as the two <laughs> each other and then we create this connection and then a few impossible things unravel and it's a very small moment uh for what actually happens but it's a very big moment in the way that everyone perceives it they they see something greater and it's that recognition of this human connection so this is a piece that uh i actually i it was born by accident i, I made a mistake I, I quite literally dropped something once and and from that I developed this whole new way of uh, performing this particular idea. And, and since then, it's the only way I've performed it. Uh, and I've got of built upon it and extrapolated more from it. So yeah, that thing, that piece, now I, I can look online and I've seen other people across the world who have like seen footage of me doing this, mm. uh, performing it in this way. And I'm pretty confident that I was the first person to, to come up with this little detail and I'm, yeah. an idea should be put out there is for everyone you know like open source for sure um so that's something that's something yeah you can catch footage of here or there but definitely will be included in all of my shows um aside from that it's uh uh, the biggest illusion the best illusion i'm focusing on at the moment is uh let's just say pushing out my brand and my public persona in a way that um, my clients are recognizing my value and willing to pay me that value. Mm. So the trick is being paid what my work is worth, right? And, and it's tough because we had this moments where like, I, I guess one of like the best, uh, I think cello or violin players were, was ready to perform uh, in London. And as an experiment, they went out and they did busking in the day and they earned about 30 pounds, right? And meanwhile, people are paying 2,000 pounds a ticket yeah. or whatever to go and see them in the evening. Right? So I love this stuff. I love this kind of understanding. And it's just purely the filters in which we perceive something uh, that adds or takes value from it. So lately, through uh, increasing the quality of the output, putting things a little out there that are a little bit more palatable, but also showing and expressing my creative difference. Uh, lately, the, the photos, the website, the videos, the content, the podcast appearances, stuff like this, have all been uh, amalgamated together. And the illusion is proving your worth to the client so they know that you're you're, you're worth their time you're worth their uh risk i guess they're taking a risk mm. to book you and entertain everybody um and then yeah delivering the excellence that they're like wow that surpassed what we expected um never seen anything like that like that's what you want don't be like oh yeah yeah you did the yeah. same trick 
edition okay. of idea, but yeah, I think you did them a bit better. Like, I don't want that. I want like people like, wow, like, like just amazing show. But that song you put near the end is like, wow, that was an amazing piece of music. Good, good taste. Mm. Or thank you for mentioning uh, a certain individual. Someone emailed me through saying, oh, I really like love the show, but the reading material you've provided throughout the show has mind blown me. Like I see your book of names and Eckhart Tolle was in there. And uh, like, I can see that. Like, and this is just things that I flipped through in a book of names and someone's taken something on board and chosen to reach out. Uh, and, and that means more to me because that's a deeper level than how did you do the trick where the thing happens to yes. the person whatever it is it's like I was listening to Terence McKenna at the moment diving back into to his um, endless uh, lectures on, on everything from philosophy psychedelic shamanism and one of the messages he often got when he was uh, in other realms of consciousness was uh, don't give in to astonishment and and it's amazing because you can be put in this situation where things are so astounding but if you get lost in that emotion of, wow, 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 like what else are you missing? So there's part of it is like stay calm and focused and, and try and see the mechanics behind it all and, and, and what you can learn from it. Um, anyway. I, I feel like I experience that sometimes when I'm interviewing guests on the podcast, yeah. even as you're talking and, you know, you get into these really deep and, important conversations I find myself just kind of because I'm so immersed in it and I'm like wow that's amazing and then I'm like oh shit I've got to go back to the guide and you're at work right, right now you can get on the ball back on the ball all right <laughs> oh, that's great that's well, I'm glad I'm, it's not lost on you that's perfect so. <laughs> yeah. so let's talk a little bit about your love of words uh you've obviously touched on you know some of the speaking things that you do and the poetry and I've watched mm. a few of your videos on your website as well, and they're kind of like these motivating monologues. I don't know. I don't know how you describe them, but that's how I interpreted a few that I watched. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that side of what you do and why that's such a passion of yours? 100%. Look, today is July the 1st, and uh, last July I, I picked up a new idea uh, and ran with it and I chose to be bold and courageous and I did this thing and 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 it was that it was a, a talking motivational kind of thing right and it wasn't like you can do this uh, you've got the power within you it's not that I like to take an idea that uh, is bigger and greater than myself and uh, digest it and reflect on it and put it out there and part of that involved uh, having a visual representation of that idea. So I, I started off real simple. I went down to Carriage Works uh, here in, in uh, the city, just pretty mm. close to where I live. And I set up a tripod and I filmed myself multiple times delivering this little 90 second piece. And, and with it, I was enacting body movements in anticipation of uh, an animation sort of selection that was going to be drawn later. So I had this idea where I would be interacting with these animated creatures and obstacles and, and I delivered this talk whilst moving and imagining in my head where these drawings might be when the finished product is done. And then I found someone online who I love their work and I, I found her, she was overseas and she handled the project for me step by step. Oh, wow. 
I was like, here at this point, and when I say this, I want this to happen. And she did a splendid job and I was happy with it. But when I looked at it, like two months or maybe like six weeks had passed from the conceptualization of the idea to uh, memorizing it, writing it, filming it, putting it out, getting her to animate it. And then eventually I was like, I'm gonna put this out to the world. And I felt so cringe. I felt like an imposter. I have this voice in my mind, who are you to be doing this? Who cares? What makes you the expert? What, what, what's so special about you? And I was like, this is the reason why I should put it out, right? And just put it out and then I can become it. And I realized that I'm just acting. Oh no, I'm just acting. Wait a minute, we're all just acting. No one knows what's going on. No one has the faintest <laughs> idea. So we're just pretending and we're just acting like people who know what the hell is going on. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to act like someone who puts this stuff out there. And I did. And slowly that, that unraveled into a next piece, which was just levels, leaps and bounds better. And in the, the third piece we put out, it, it's on my site. Uh, it's actually on the homepage at the bottom. Uh, abracadabra as we speak we create and it's probably my favorite piece ever and it's just talking about the word abracadabra which translates to as we speak we create the words we utter manifest the reality in which we dwell and um, what can we do with that idea right if words have that power I mean reality is constructed linguistically in many ways even DNA is code DNA is software mm. that creates its own hardware uh, and even like the, the format in which we're communicating now, sure, we're speaking with words and sounds, but it's being converted digitally into little ones and zeros and transferred across in code before being unpacked, deciphered through your speakers and then deciphered once more through your uh, internal dictionary as you process the dialogue and then compute it and respond. So this the world is this linguistic construct. And I was like, how do I push that out there uh, in a way that is palatable. So let's get it visually represented. And she just did this incredible, like exactly what I asked for and better. And there's like matrix code falling down in the background behind me. As I speak, words are emerging in the form of like gears and hieroglyphs out of my mouth. And it, I love it. And, and lately I've had the opportunity to share that short clip at some of my stage presentations when they've had a projection screen. I'm like, look, I could talk about this all day, but let's just show you this piece of art yeah. that, that yeah. does it better. They're like peaked right here at that point. <laughs> so uh, uh, today I'm off to do a similar thing. Uh, it won't be animated, but uh, I've, I found some old footage in the vault from five years ago where uh, we set off one of those flares and, and had the, the filming done. It was the nice. first time with fire like that. So I'm going to blend that footage, hopefully, with this little uh, monologue. Um, so creative expressions, being courageous to put them out there and just try it and not have a goal in mind. I don't know where it's going to go, but you've been on my site, you've checked them out. And now here we are having a chat. Yeah. How many more like, links and connections are going to come from, that's interesting. No one else in the world is doing this. Hasn't broke through the mainstream yet. I haven't gone viral, uh, but that's completely fine. I think for those who do listen, they hear the message. And um, that's what's important. Yeah. That is so important. I mean, I've I've definitely gone through the imposter feeling myself. Uh, I know when I wrote my book that that was something that I went back and forward with a lot. But even this podcast, you know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts myself. And sometimes I think, my God, there are so many podcasts. Can people stop, <laughs> stop creating these things? And then here I am, I have my own. And I think sometimes, you know, not as much now, but when I first started, like what is so special about what you have to say? 
But I think when you kind of step back and think, well, hang on a minute, as you said, we're all playing a part here. Mm. This is the part I want to play. And, and even just going to what you just said about whether it goes viral or not, it's not necessarily about that. It's about the people that are paying attention and that want to hear it and that find it they're the ones that we're impacting. And if it makes uh, some kind of impression on them, then that means more to me than, you know, a million hits on YouTube or whatever it is. So I think that's such a a relatable (laughs) thing that you were talking about just then. Yeah, that's it. And realizing there's a term imposter syndrome, you know, I spoke about this with a friend, oh, it's called that. And I, I like, I hate getting diagnoses. I never go to the doctor in case they give me a a, a three or four letter term (laughs) that I suddenly have to adopt as my new identity, you know, so that's it. I'm like, no, I will not be caged. I will not be put in a box. Uh, But yeah, hearing that these things are, of course, nothing new, Um, Mm. but but, we can all individually, um, independently discover these concepts and at least by identifying and recognizing and realizing we have an opportunity to overcome them yes. uh, in some way and I find stepping into it um there's a video I've got uh I, I forget what I've called it but I, uh, maybe the cave the cave we fear that's what it's called on my channel uh, on my website and it's about this thing I called it the squirm and it's this feeling of that it's this feeling of inadequacy this mm. awkwardness squirming feeling of oh, what have I, what did I say that for? Or why did I do that? Or look at me there. And like, what am I wearing in that video? But no wonder. And oh, so I get these moments often, but really that's just being self-conscious. And, and it's okay to be self-conscious if you are using it as a tool, a, a remedy, you know, a way of like rectifying any issues, fixing problems uh, and just, uh, yeah, making a better out of the situation. So, um, yeah, being reflective, I think that's a fundamental uh, part of creating good work. Uh, Sometimes I feel like maybe you can get in the way of like continued success if you are too much uh, in the hesitant stage, you know, and checking yourself. Uh, True brilliance comes from flow and flow is when the self-editing part of ourselves shuts up and just lets us do our job. Uh, and we, we've all been in the zone on occasion, whether it's through sports or uh, uh, just a conversation that we've been having and we've been in the right zone, you know, uh, that's an amazing place to be. You're not sort of checking for every word and, 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 you know, how do I look right now and all of that. When you can let go of that, brilliance comes down. Uh, so it's a balance because uh, then you look back on it. Sometimes you'd be like, oh, my God, that I went too far. <laughs> <laughs> But that, yeah, but I, I agree. It is a balance and it's okay sometimes if you have got it a bit too okay. sorry. You just know next yeah. time, rein it in a little bit. But I, I think, yeah, <laughs> it is all about that balance. We are coming towards the, the end of the recording uh, and I always like to get my guests to sum up the topic that we've spoken about. So how do you love the shit out of magic, Adam? <laughs> Uh, all right. I love the way that uh, magic has uh, has an impact on almost everyone. It's a language that speaks to everybody. Uh, and I love that. Like you say, we're communicating right now. But the magic itself, whether you speak English or a version of it or not, uh, it is a language that everybody can understand. Uh, I performed this for children overseas who barely know how to say hello. Uh, I performed it for deaf people. Uh, I performed it for people with uh, learning uh, difficulties. Mm. And, and they get it. 
it's just the same. I performed it for animals. Hey, like it's just, uh, people get it and uh, creatures get it. So there, there's something extra going on. And I think that the, the hard part has been overcoming this little uh, image that people have as magic as being this trivial childlike thing. And for mm. sure, uh, there's a childlike element of wonder that can come through, uh, but that, that's not trivial at all. That's something that has been stamped out of us through conditioning yes. and uh, a tough life, getting kicked in the teeth too many times, right? We, we lose touch with the, the fairies and the, uh, the unicorns and the, the magic of imagination. And those things, they only come alive when we invest our energy and our focus into them, when we believe in them. It's like a Peter Pan, right? You're mm -hmm. only able to, to fly because uh, he believed. And Wendy was unable to fly in the end because she lost her belief that it was possible. Mm. So uh, if we're going to wrap it up by believing in impossible things, we have a shot at making them so, making them... Uh, yeah, part of our part of our world. Uh, what other things do you love the shit out of? Obviously, you know, we've talked a bit about the poetry side and the, the speaking side of things, but, you know, any other hobbies as we were talking about earlier? Uh, yeah, like I mentioned combat training and I instruct that. So I've been uh, really enjoying. Okay, a new thing. This is going to be contentious here. So uh, responsibility and something I'm learning to love the shit out of, Sally. <laughs> uh, and uh, for years, I, I made this reference to Peter Pan just now. For that, I was Peter Pan for many years, rejecting responsibility and living in Never Never Land, right? Um, but the thing about that is you're the king of the Lost Boys. You're the king of this little make-believe realm but there is also a huge amount of value that comes from absorbing and embracing responsibility uh so responsibility has got this dirty term for us i don't want to be responsible i don't want to grow up it's a trap whereas the reality is has been for me by adopting responsibility uh I, it forces us to become more than what we are uh, it become we we have big we've put on shoes that are too big for us and we must fill them. So uh, that's that's a new way of looking at it. And anyone who's having a difficulty or trouble in time for whatever reason, um, I find that if you have space to adopt a new responsibility, whether it's starting a club, uh, whatever an online group, or uh, uh, just taking on board some kind of volunteer work or whatever it is. And all of this extra meaning comes into your world uh, just just by some, having someone who counts on you, right? <laughs> having an important that's, role to play. That's so. so great. And as someone who in my life I have been called responsible many times, <laughs> I've always been like, why do people say it like it's a negative? <laughs> sure. So I love it. Gives you meaning. Gives you meaning and purpose. That's yes. it. Gives you that. Yeah absolutely well how can people get in touch with you obviously you've spoken a bit about the videos that you do and and all that kind of stuff you know what's the best way for people to get in touch with you and see your work i'm really not hard to find nowadays if you google magician sydney uh adam axford will be somewhere near the top depending on where you're searching from uh but adam axford that's me a-x-f-o-r-d uh, and uh, find me on Insta. That's my chosen sort of daily output method. Uh, lots of stuff on Insta, my website, uh, videos, wherever, whatever. And then hopefully we'll get back into the live shows and ticketed events. Something I've been uh, deliberately avoiding because uh, nothing seems certain enough at the moment to, to, to 
invest creative energy into that. But uh, as soon as things are reopened, then there'll be some public shows too. Been contemplating a few Zoom performances with uh, some cheap, affordable tickets for families to jump on and enjoy some magic throughout lockdown. So if things get extended, then I'll jump into that for sure. Otherwise, uh, I hope to see you out there in the real world. Uh, and um, yeah, I hope it's a magical experience for both of us. Oh, amazing. I, I would love to meet you in person. I would love to see uh, one of your shows. But yeah, thank you so much. You have shared so many great insights and we've got so many takeaways. I think there's a few key, you know, phrases and sentences I can definitely pull out to inspire the masses. But overall, just thank you so much, Adam. And uh, yeah, good luck with the, the current situation. Thank you for having me, Sally. I really appreciate the platform. And uh, yeah, it's been really wonderful to, to chat with you. Good luck with you and yours as well. Thank you so much.